put your hands together for the late morning program with your host, Nam Janavi, welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers. 2019, here we go. 2019. So thanks for coming on again. Uh, your last podcast is very nice, except we didn't um, we didn't really dive deep into some certain topics. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so um, let's yeah, do that. We tried to cover a lot of things, and sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you put up a Facebook post yesterday about um, things that you, you know, people. What do people want to hear about? Mm. So, what were some of the things? Just an overview. Some of the things that were said that were important, and uh. not just. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> just totally professional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think a lot of people put stuff about kirtan. Yeah. Right. Seems to be a popular topic to talk about. Um, then women's issues, um, women's issues. And, uh, there were a few different uh, interesting things about, um, how, you know, how to kind of understand this generation's relationship with Srila Prabhupada's books and mm. how, oh, know, that was a good what one. is our that role? Was a good question. And, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's gone leadership, succession, or something right. like that. I guess that's also yeah. These are all like good topics. Uh, yes. Yeah, so today is actually the disappearance of Yamuna Devi, right? Yeah, yeah that's really nice. Is. I never got to meet her, and uh, that's you know a big regret in my life. Mm-hmm. But you had some a lot of association with her and everything. So <laughs> why don't you tell us a tell us a bit about that? Tell us a bit about your relationship with her. She's very inspiring for people who don't know. She's the she's a disciple of um, Srila Prabhupada, our founder. Of um, of Iskon, and she was uh, she sang the um, Govindam prayers with George Harrison, yeah. and we played every morning at all Iskon temples mm-hmm. um, as Prabhupada wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, she was a very inspiring singer and devotee, mm-hmm. and uh, for many inspiration for many people. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a bit about your relationship with her. Yeah, um, I think I I think I talked a bit about it on the last podcast. I really, think I described yeah. We talked about it a bit okay, all those weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I think I described my first meeting with her as right. You know, when I oh, was you said you had said something that she said to you regarding what we were talking about. I think it was possibly. Yeah. Um, so just to just to quickly recap in case somebody didn't watch that episode, um, I I she she was around in England. Before I was born, and she's from America, but um, she was living in England for some time, and and so my mom knew her. Uh, my mom was at that time like a young unmarried sh- ashram resident mm. uh, at the temple, and um, they used to go to their house um, for training every weekend. Um, they were actually um, going over there and learning things about cooking and how to um, oh, right. perform yeah, she was deity worship well. and. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's hard to um, yeah, it's hard to kind of summarize what she was because she was so, um, just so so much to say in every area of her life, her, all her talents and accomplishments. But um, I so I grew up 
like knowing of her as a as a presence of a famous person within our society mm. um, but I also knew I remember that I met her when I was a child in India when I was about seven years old but yeah I described last time when I was um, 17 18 and I was just kind of beginning to find my own um, exploration of, of faith and practice um, I met her and just for just like a 24-hour period and um, that was in Vancouver well north of Vancouver Sharnagati mm. um, in in the mountains where she was staying at the time and that experience really left such a deep impression on me um, so much so that when we were driving away I, I had this very deep feeling that what what she is or what she values i want to also put my life in that i want to also devote my life to that mm. like i want that i want to not be like not that i was thinking oh i can be like her but you know and you have that sense like a, a hero like i i want to be like that i want to aspire to be like that and for me that was um really um it was really pivotal, but I didn't realize how much it would be that at the time, as these things are, mm. um, because uh, yeah, it was just one moment in time, but it kind of, there were many things at that time which were kind of bringing me along a certain path, but that was a huge um, event, I felt, a huge kind of, um, what, can it, what can you say, maybe like a, it's not even a seed, is it's a type of seed being planted, definitely. Mm. There were already seeds that were planted, you know, long before that, but um, to see a person that was living a life of devotion in a, to, at a depth which I hadn't observed before, um, and, and that also a woman, because, you know, generally in our society, most of the, um, most of the people that are in positions of leadership or spiritual guidance tend to be men right and so it's not something that you see very often that's uh, you know a person like that so um so yeah i kept in touch with her after that she she really invited that with me she and and many also mm -hmm. um, but i think she would be that way with many and maybe not everyone would take her up on it or they right. might feel like oh she probably doesn't really mean it and i'm sure i thought that too but mm -hmm. then i so i used to correspond with her and um and then um i went kind of out of my way at various times to go and spend time with her mm -hmm. um, her and um dina tarine dasi who is her um companion they live together mm -hmm. and um yeah so um, the, the experiences that I had with them, I think the longest time I spent was three weeks. Um, and they just, uh, yeah, they were, they were really transformational experiences for me. So what does this day mean to you? Did what does her, this day mean? Her disab her, her, when she departed this world, like, what yeah. do you feel today? Well, interestingly, I was just thinking... I was thinking this morning, what do I feel today? Like, mm. we were up really late last night and um, woke up this morning kind of like, Ugh. I mean, yeah. you know, we don't drink alcohol, but you can still have a, this hangover feeling from even devote spiritual events, just mm. driving and, you know, doing things and eating late at night. And, right. and I was thinking that um, actually so much about a day, it can be meaningful depending on your consciousness of how you approach that day and then how you, you know, the, what you do when you wake up and so I had a bit of a kind of um, 
yeah, a bit of a like a late start today, and I'm and I'm thinking that really the essence of of what this day means to me is is reflecting on um, what that um, what that gift of being in her company has given me in my life and the things that she taught me and 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 whether I'm really applying them or not. Mm. So um, the 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 day in the in the Vedic system things follow the the lunar calendar, right? So um, the day that she passed is not always honored on the date that it was, but on the the lunar day. Right. So it doesn't all. It's the first time it's ever fallen on New Year's Day, but I'm thinking it's mm. quite appropriate because I'm, I'm just reflecting on how can I um, put the things that she uh, taught me or or that she exemplified better into practice this year. Mm-hmm. And those are things that you know. Um, when I say, you know, how's it, how's it impacted my life? It's kind of, it's kind of um, incredible how such brief association with somebody can, um, yeah. The the analogy of a seed is very is very good because the the seed is planted and then for the rest of your life you can be um, nurt- watering that seed and. You, you see it continues to grow in ways that you would not have expected or you know yeah. it's, it's like it never ceases to become relevant or something that you can um, turn to for a sense of direction right so um, so in give us an example of something that she you know you only said you know the things that she taught you or the lessons you learned from her mm-hmm. give us an example of something specific well um, I'll give a I'll give a general picture and then at something specific so just generally in, in her company she w- it was evident that she was so absorbed at all times in her consciousness um, in devotional thoughts you know mm. whether of her spiritual master wow. of Krishna kind of all the time really she was she would sing throughout the day she would be she would pray she would be very like prayerful she would be like you know we like prayer in this in this house, like we, we pray throughout the day, and and she would pray like every you know different times of the day and meal times and before you go to bed, and it was just like a prayerful existence, mm. um, and very very grave, yet at the same time um, she also she was extremely grave and sober, but with a a real lightness and humor at the same time, which is something that's very hard to fathom usually. Mm. Um, and so that level of absorption and love, really, love for everything that she was doing and attention to detail, which they say love is in the details. She was extremely refined in attention to detail with everything. Like one time she was getting me to help with this. They were making this sign for the community where she lived. And it was the, oh, it was the sign that said Sharnagati Village. It was... um like wood and painted and she was a calligrapher among many other things she had trained with one of the greatest calligraphers in America many years ago Um, and so she was getting me to fill in the she had drawn out the outline of the letters and I had to fill it fill them in and you know I consider myself an artistic person and so I was like yeah I can do that Mm. and so I was doing it and then she came up to me and she was just like observing what I was doing and I can't remember what she said, but she made some comment like, "You're, you're, make sure you're not kind of 
going out of the lines or it was like and I kind of had this feeling of like well I'm not like I know I know, you know not not in a really like kind of bullshit way but I was like no I know how to do this yeah. and then I noticed that I'd been like not actually that careful and oh, you really? know it was just a very very um instructive mm. I, I found that like in her company I I was drawn to be more refined to be more attentive to details and for me that was very powerful because um I could see that that's that's really what love means and uh so that so that's like a general picture of um something of who she was um there's so much more I could say but uh one specific thing that she really yeah she she kind of went on and on every time I would see her because she she knew that in my life also at that time a little after I had first met her I I started it's actually 10 years ago um this well just this past month um that I started doing these kind of kirtan traveling uh things and so when I would visit, she would ask me about how that's going. And she was living in a very remote place. So she wasn't really so much in touch with this whole new kirtan scene of, you know, how kirtan had become popular amongst people in the yoga world. And, right. And uh, so she would ask me, ask me questions about it. And then she would also kind of inquire deeper, like, so what do you feel about that? And how are you reflecting on this? And she would... Um, she would we would read together things from um writings of uh, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta. Um he has this book there's this book Amrita Vani which is like a compilation of different instructions in the format of question and answers. Mm. So she would often get that out and and we would read through especially this chapter about Kirtan. Mm. And uh, you touched on that. Yeah, last I think time I spoke I remember, about yeah. that. So so um yeah, she was really pushing me to understand what is real kirtan. And and time and time again, not to get swept up in a kind of the name and fame game, which as as soon as you're doing something that people appreciate, you're basically open to to that, you know, pride and you know, getting um, addicted to appreciation from people, mm. praise. So um, that was something that she that was something she really drove home. Aside from, to me specifically, aside from all the other things that I was just learning by by being in her company. Right, that's good. Um, but more about Kirtan, like, she uh, did she ever mention anything about um, anything else? Like more specifically about you know you traveling around and doing kirtan and the fame and stuff not just from that book that you were reading yeah. but separate from that yeah she was she was kind of simultaneously encouraging and also a little discouraging really tell tell us about that yeah she didn't i think she was very protective of me she liked yeah. she liked me and she um well, i could say she loved me that's what i felt um she was protective and she didn't she didn't quite trust this kind of thing of, you know, getting flown around. And um, at the time, I was also just, you know, I was just open to the experience. I just graduated yeah. university and it's like, whoa, okay, let's go around the world. And yeah. it was very exciting for me to be um, using my artistic abilities in, in service. Because yeah. I, I, had, I had gone a long time thinking that I would never really get an opportunity to do that. So... Um, 
But yeah, she 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 was always like cautionary, and she never she never she would she would praise my um, ability in in a very you know like. She would really praise my ability, but she wouldn't necessarily praise in a way that was like encouraging to do that specifically. And at times, I definitely felt that she kind of disapproved or didn't really, you know, connect with it.、Mm. Um, she would either say nothing, or you know, sometimes I would write to her and I'd tell her about things, and she would kind of say something, but in a, such a way that I could tell that it was like,、mm, okay, that's not that, it's not very important,、mm. you know.、Um, wow. And then she would ask about things that were she felt were important, right? And so I, yeah, I had the sense that it was like a little mixed、yeah. feeling about it. I like what you said about her that the first thing that she was very absorbed in what she was doing. Yeah, that that's like something I always strive for, but it's just like impo- it's virtually impossible. I、yeah. feel like in this day and age with like cell phones and social media、okay. and. Your just life in general. Yeah. I mean, she was living like the sadhu life, right?、She's, she was, yeah. But so I, that kind of absorption is easier. I mean, not yeah. I wouldn't say easier, but it's、yeah. you know that's what you know that's what was important for her in her life, and I think that's what inspires people totally.、Yeah. That's what inspires people when you see someone who is just like completely absorbed. It doesn't even have to be Krishna conscious things. It、no. could just be something like someone's like super into what they're doing, and、yeah. they don't really think about anything else.、Yeah. That's like. That's cool because if it's like so spread around and、yeah. spread thin, it's like. Well, I think in our, and I think in this day and age, and to our generation specifically, that is captivating, because we've like almost entirely lost the ability to do that. It's true. A lot because of technology.、True. I would say maybe even wholly because of technology and and the environment that we're living in. Yeah.、Um, but technology is a huge part of it. I mean, I I I remember. I think. The first time I visited her, like the first time I went to stay, I'm not sure if I had a cell phone,、mm. um, or I I definitely wasn't using it in the way that I am now.、Mm. And I remember, like at that time, definitely I was appreciating. I mean, it was the where place she was living was very beautiful and very remote. And and when I arrived there, like I kept a journal always, and I I wrote this, I wrote this,、uh, <laughs> I just like. Kind of like effusive, like entry. Like I just feel so blissful and happy here. I just can't imagine being happier. I just felt so so happy in that place and in that company. It was like what you ha- actually hanker for. That's how I felt.、Um, and then I remember the one of the last times I visited her, some years, about six years or five years after that. And I had had then you know an iPhone for many years, and I'd been staying in New York City, and I was definitely I'd definitely been around more, you know, just being exposed to the world more. And although I was, I mean, I was always deeply appreciative of the time. I I just remember that my I had my cell phone there, and you know, time to time through the day, I would go and check it, and、right. I remember f- noticing myself doing that and being like. This is so dumb. Like, they don't. She's not doing that. Like, why、yeah. do I have to check my phone? Yeah. But it was like already. It was like a compulsion, and it, I could say I'm. I I struggle with that and many other things. I I agree with you. It's it's absorption is、um, very very difficult thing to achieve in this day and age. And I think I think we really have to fight for it.、Mm. Um, last night we were at a.、Um, 
a ceremony where uh, many of our well some some of our friends made some important spiritual vows mm -hmm. and i remember one person that was speaking said that we have to it's kind of a battle for that attentiveness and absorption and we actually have to to like the battle we have to we have to want to be in that battle yeah. otherwise we've we've lost already because it's just the the environment that we're in is um everything is pushing against that it's forcing us to be divert yeah you know, um fractured in all directions right right um so now after many years you know it's been how long since she since she she passed away in 2012 december okay. so it's been seven years so seven years so you've done a lot of you know growing and in in all ways you know f since then yeah. so how do you feel like from you know being you know uh traveling kirtania and all that how do you feel you've kind of been able to maybe imbibe or maybe you haven't uh, some of the things that she've said to you mm -hmm. or um, instructions or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you understand kind of what I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I've... I, I feel that there's... I feel that there's a lot more that I haven't even touched on integrating into my life than things that I have. And that's... That's kind of a, fr a frustration, or not a frustration, but it's something that's like it's always there in my consciousness that I'm not I'm not exactly living the life that I I would like to know. Remembering that example and knowing mm. you know how that is, and um, it is different reasons for that. But um, I'd say um, I'd say the things the things that I I, I do feel I'm. I'm trying to apply sincerely is is um, to have to have some absorption when I am doing um, service you know whether it be kirtan or whether it be anything that I'm doing um, I remember that mood of her gravity and I really I really try to be that way I try to I try to not take things I mean I think I'm also by nature a little like I kind of tend to be maybe some people say too serious about things or whatever you know mm -hmm. but I, I I feel that strongly and and um, I'm very um, attracted to that to, to have some level of gravity and absorption when you're doing something um, spiritual activity specifically um, and and then with Kirtan I mean one of the things that she really gifted me was a renewed appreciation for the songs of the Acharyas, Vaishnava Acharyas like Bhaktivinoda Thakur specifically Bhaktivinoda Thakur, also others but specifically him um, I, I think I might have described on the previous episode how that was but she definitely um, she definitely inspired me without asking and also specifically asked that I try to also share these songs with others and um, especially with younger people. She would she would also ask me to to, to be be there for people younger than myself and mm. try and train others and, and give to others things that I've learned. And so um, I've been for the la for quite many years I've been doing um, maybe about five or six years teaching courses on Bhaktivinoda Thakur songs and singing them with devotees and singing them myself. And uh, a lot of people remark to me that how much they appreciate that, and I realize that it's it's something that's a little bit niche within our, you know, wider society of Iskon and culture. Like it, 
it's become a bit niche because people don't just don't do it very much. Maybe just don't have time. Um, but she certainly felt that it was extremely important. So I tried to keep that alive, and um, and also I think, yeah, just having um, trying to keep trying to keep the perspective that she gave me when I was speaking to her. Like when I was speaking to her, I was a lot younger. I was, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and now thirty-one. It, it feels like in one sense a long time ago and some of the things she was saying to me I didn't really understand at the time how how much of a relevance they would have so um, she she would really explain that you don't have to you don't have to be an anxiety in your life like she described to me one time that the river of life is always flowing towards that same destination and you have to just, you have to kind of surrender to the flow. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. Mm. But she said, put your hands in the air. And, you know, like they say that when you, like if you fall out of a whitewater raft, rafting thing, mm -hmm. you kind of like lie straight. I don't know if you put your hands up, but mm -hmm. they say just lie and let yourself, like you'll eventually get carried, you know, where you need to go. Right. Um, so she said that, put your hands in the air and, and, and go with the flow. Mm. Um, and it sounds like a, it's kind of a cliche, even, you know, the analogy of a river of your life. We yeah. hear these things a lot, but to really realize that in a deep way, I mean, I don't know, I have so many um, worries and so many people I know are, you know, in anxiety about goals and this and that and have I achieved success. And, mm -hmm. and it, it's not that it's irrelevant to be responsible and attentive to what am I doing with my life and my time and energy. Um, but to understand that there's a, there's a, there's something called surrender and to understand that is like a life's work. Definitely. Did she ever comment on anything like, um, being a Diksha guru as a woman or women's issues in ISKCON or was she like kind of above that? Um, that you know of if she commented on that, anything. She definitely commented on it. Um, she didn't say much to me about it. Mm -hmm. I know that there were people that definitely wanted to become her disciple in a formal sense, but she never, I don't think she really wanted to take that role. Right. She wouldn't have at the time been allowed to within the, <coughs> you know, the um, context of ISKCON. Right. But I don't think she wanted to anyway. Mm -hmm. um, she had in her life come up against so much controversy not controversy um she'd been a part of somehow in her life she'd kind of been at the epicenter of all these catastrophic events within the society through the like late 70s 80s 90s like whenever there was something that went wrong she somehow was living in that place at that time really yeah, like she was, anyway, I don't know if it's necessary to go into all the details, but different leaders, um, you know, fell away from their positions or right. did things that weren't very good. Right. And she happened to be sometimes under their, <coughs> under their authority or <coughs> kind of jurisdiction really? at that time. Oh, really? So she kept, she moved so many times oh, to different places. And I think at a certain point in her life, she just felt like, I just I don't want to 
I don't I don't need this type of you know disturbance and she she really wanted to just she wasn't interested in being kind of political or mm -hmm. controversial even if she had certain thoughts she she her priority was devotional life right and she wanted to live in a place where she could just focus on that and not have to engage so much although she did she was active an active voice at a certain time in speaking up about women's role within the movement mm. um, but yeah specifically about kind of being a guru but not really I haven't really delved into that woman's dick woman diksha guru thing mm -hmm. but um it is a thing isn't it kind yeah of. I mean it I think it's been a thing for a while I just don't see the reason why not why wouldn't what? like why wouldn't they be like if someone's qualified to be a guru why wouldn't they be allowed to give initiation yeah. in iskon yeah i guess i should research more about it but yeah i don't know I, what the what's the hold up my understanding is that most of the opposition comes from india um because, oh really oh really yeah. interesting yeah okay that's my understanding and i mean I, we're this is going out on the internet, so I, a disclaimer is that I, I, I'm not like, you know, in-depth educated about it, but everything I've heard and everything I've understood is that there's a bit of a split of opinion, and most of the differing of opinion is between those who are from, more from the West or, you know, from a Western mindset, mm. and those who are from India, and that in India there's, you know... It, it, there's so many centers in India now. There used to be just a few ISKCON centers in India decades ago, but now I think there's like 400 centers or something like that. Yeah, like 10 in each city or something right. like that. Right, and so I, I, as far as I understand, those who are in position of uh, leadership or authority are strongly against it. And so there's some sense that it could split the movement because that could cause a fracture if there's some decision made and you know all of india doesn't agree and the west wants to do something else really? i don't know that was that was that was what my understanding was but um i know that i know that some say that you know it's not it's not traditional or it's not according to vedic culture and that's why those who are more rooted in in India and a certain traditional way of looking at things yeah. uh, don't appreciate it but i whether that's true or not i'm i'm in the same boat as you i really can't understand really why it it wouldn't be fine if someone's qualified we're not talking about people that aren't qualified obviously so if someone's qualified then what is the problem i think right now iskon has um a policy of no um like if someone wants to be a diksha guru they can be a diksha guru um but the the way they become is if there's no if there's someone let me see how to phrase this no objection no objection yeah so there's a no objection rule so even if someone is not qualified and they and there's no objection well, well people would object if they're not qualified i believe I mean, let's say, for example, for me, for example, let's say in the future, all the GBCs become like, they're my buddies. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I want to be guru. And they're like, um... Okay, no objection. No objection. You're my right. friend, and 
I know you. Like, right. you're a good guy. Yeah. You um, you go to temple on Sundays, right. and, and that's good. Right, right, right. But that's not, you know, it's like it should be a little bit. But you can't legislate that kind of thing. Like, you yeah. can't legislate guruship and all that stuff. It's yeah. it's, it's a real tricky subject. It's a subject. tricky area, very tricky area. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's not something that I have a great deal of understanding with in terms of policies and all of that. But I've, that's what I've heard also. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting because, um, to, you know, there's a, there's a formal process of accepting a guru and there's also not the informal, but it's a, it's a, it's not, um, according to any ceremony, it's really in the heart. It yes. takes place in the heart. Yeah. It's faith. And, uh, it's faith. Yeah, yeah. It's faith. And it's, um, a commitment to, you know, to serve that person and their instructions uh, with your life. And, you know, that's, it's, uh, so that, how can you, you can't legislate or determine what someone feels about that or what not. If there's someone qualified, I know, I know that, and I know that there are many. Yeah. I mean, Yamuna Devi herself, I'd say that there were many of us that feel that way about her. Yeah. And, you know, some of us even considered to ask her that question, but then mm. some did and some didn't. Mm. But regardless of that, we feel that way about her and we consider her like that in our lives. And I know that there are others who are also qualified and people consider them in that way. So in one sense, it's kind of whether it's yay or nay, it's going to go on. It's just a matter of whether it's formally accepted or not. Right. I mean, I'm just speculating, but maybe the people on the other side the opposition who say no women diksha gurus maybe they think like hordes and hordes of people women will come and be like we want to be gurus also <laughs> but i don't think it's going to be like that i don't at all. think it will I, I could think of like you know like maybe five 10 or 5 or 10 yeah. who were like who would probably be like people have been approaching me and right. i should probably do something about this right, or else right, they're right. gonna you know be discouraged or something yeah um it's kind of silly to be honest. So it anyone, any silly. any GBCs or anybody watching, <laughs> let's do something about this, man. Like, yeah, I know the thing is that time changes everything, and yeah, things will change in time. I believe. So something I something I I worry about is like succession. Yeah. Like, like all these older devotees who are leaders of ISKCON, like real, you know, leaders. Of, like when like. I feel like each of them should like take a young person under their wing and be like, hey, this is how you do this and this is how you do that. Yeah. You don't have to take up the responsibility now, but just know how to do it. Yeah. Instead of like them, everyone dying and us being like, uh, we should probably do something. Like who's going to take over? Like who knows how to do that? Right. Spreadsheets? Does anyone know how to make spreadsheets? Right. <laughs> I know there's like GBC college and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't think there's like any really young, young people on there. I think it's like to be on that GBC college, you have to have had service in ISKCON for like 20 years or 15 or 20 years. I'm probably wrong about that. But like, let's get some like 20 years old, 30 year olds. Like that's how this movement started and yeah. spread, you know? There is, there is, um, I know that there's been some type of leadership college or leadership program started in Mayapur. Oh, right, right. This year by Bhakti Rasayana Sagar Swami. Right. And um, they, that, with that intention, they, they want to train up people and give them access to, um, you know, the spiritual and kind of managerial training. I think it's specifically um, targeted towards those who would be inclined to be kind of temple leaders or community leaders, right. resident type people yeah um not necessarily for like all services in iskan i mean i've often thought like 
yeah, all different types of services. Like, mm. you know, someone like, um, you know, Balabhadra Prabhu in Nivrindavan, you know, looking after the cows for decades of his life. You know, yeah. people should be training under him to learn totally. to do that. Or, totally. You know, um, Maybe if they are. I mean, he's they, in Alachua now, think, right? Yeah, I think, I think they are. I think people have trained with him. Sure. But, but it's just an example. People that are... Um, really <clears throat> masterful in their service because of their years, decades of experience. Yeah, I think there are some that do do that, and maybe they just take their own initiative to do that. I, I think I think for young people who are maybe watching this, I think it's important that we approach the people you're inspired by, uh, yeah. older people who are doing, like you said, they're masters of their yeah. service and stuff, like approach them and try to learn from them, Definitely. you know, or, because, you know, it's like when they're gone, it's like, you'll regret that. Definitely. Like so many people regret, like when Ayendra Prabhu left, like yeah. we could have been there with him yeah. and learning from him. Like yeah. we learned so much about the person after they leave. Right, right, right. Like it's, you know, yeah. so we, I always say, you know, to myself and to, to my friends, like, like if there's someone that's inspiring to you, go get their go association, out go out yeah. of your way and get their association. Yeah. Cause they ain't going to be around for a, like yeah. forever. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I feel so um, grateful to my younger self for taking the initiative totally. to go and spend time with Yamuna Devi because I, I'm even like, okay, wow, that was a good choice, you know, well done me, because I don't think I always make good choices like that, but it's something really compelled me to do that, and, yeah. and, it, and it's really gifted me with things, like I say, that I can draw on for the rest of my life, but I could have I taken advantage of that so much more in the sense of asking more questions and asking to learn things and spending more time, she would have welcomed me to be there for more time but yeah you know when you're young you kind of always a little bit woo, like all over the place and i could do this and that's exciting and mm. this you know kirtan festival and yeah um but that is that that yeah to 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 be trained and to be guided and instructed it's just priceless it is I, and i always i mean there's certain people in the last few years like um some viewers may know um, Kulanguna Devi Dasi, who was at Bhaktivedanta Manor. Mm. She was there since I, you know, she was there since before I was born, and so I grew up with her, just always there in my life. And she was um, very famous for making the milk sweets that would be offered every day. Um, and I ate those sweets, you know, my whole life also. And at a certain age, I was, I had this desire, like, I'd really love to learn how to make them from her. And I, mm. I, I would say it to my mom time to time, like, do you think she would teach me? And she would be like, yeah, you should ask her. She loves you. Go ask her. Mm. And I was like, I'm shy. And, and, and then one time, my, I think my mom mentioned it to her on my behalf. And she was, and she was saying, yes, definitely. And for some reason, I just never did it. I never took the step. And, yeah. and I was thinking, oh, anyway, you know, I'll do it another time and then she passed away a couple years ago and um and i was just thinking i mean you know on one hand she trained other people and i can learn from them but it's like why don't why didn't i take that opportunity why not yeah grab for it when the chance is there definitely and and on this anyway no no, no please <laughs> on this on this point of succession i think it's um yeah it's it's so important i mean it's it's on my mind a lot and certain people I could say I, I think I spoke about them before in the last episode but um, one couple Manaram and Jai Shri Radhe who are um, 
basically the champions of you know young people in Iskan for Iskan youth minister he's Iskan the Iskan youth minister, youth minister. Yeah. youth minister but like i would say yeah severely under appreciated for what they're doing mm. i mean they're like a you know they're doing they're doing work which is incredibly vital mm. um without any almost any funding support apart from people individually donating to support their activities um and just you know even not a great succession plan even for them for what they're doing for other young people because i think most many of us are just we're kind of trying to figure out figure out our lives you know it's like yeah. the perennial we're trying to figure out how do i what do i do in this world how do i make money how, where do i settle myself you know family children like just figuring out the basic elements of life but in the meantime yeah time time is passing and the landscape is changing mm, pretty pretty definitely. dramatically what were the other oh okay so the um relationship with young people with Srila Prabhupada's books i don't know how we could i don't know how we could uh speak for all young people but <laughs> uh i don't know maybe you can give your experience well i was going to say i'm going to do like a segue Please. Uh, it's, not, it's not actually a segue. I'm okay. actually continuing the same topic. Okay. Bringing yeah, yeah. Back to this topic of sure. succession. Sure. What I was thinking about, aside from practical training of things, yeah. Um, I think what's more important because, you know, many of us are going to grow up and be trained in ways that, um, for those who grew up in the movement or children of people that joined at a very young age, like my dad joined when he was 17. He dropped out of you know school and my mom dropped out of university she was training to be a nurse and so she she only completed her education when she was in her 40s or I think she was in her 50s she mm. completed her degrees and things um, so though that generation we saw our parents um, with a like a real um, missionary kind of zeal devotional zeal um, and acquiring many skills as they went along, they they became yeah. incredibly skilled in a certain way, but they didn't have certain you know abilities necessarily because they had kind of rejected that type of life. Whereas most of us have gone the other direction. We've had education, and we may have skills that they didn't have. But I think what what we could be more concerned about in terms of succession is is the devotional depth and knowledge and. You know, that's something that I think about a lot, that, mm. that many of, or most of these um, older um, devotees are, they're so knowledgeable in terms of, um, you know, scripture and um, just practical experience in devotional life. Um, it's, it's about actually cultivation of their spiritual, you know, kind of realization and and service yeah and i think f i think for many of us we we exist more in a they they they've had either a lifetime or significant chunks of their life with this kind of like all absorbed completely immersed yes you know fire of a kind of devotion type of life mm. whereas i think many of us haven't really experienced that to totally yeah. and we haven't even had necessarily we haven't had or we haven't taken the opportunity to become immersed like that and that's something i feel more concerned about only because um 
you know, if you don't have something, how can you give it? And so they've yeah. given us, but are we going to be able to give that to anyone else or, or experience it for ourselves? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really about your, you know, your internal, you know, revelations and realizations yeah. about devotion, Krishna consciousness that helps us move forward. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard when, it's hard when we think we know, uh, we think we know what it's all about, but we don't study or we don't really educate ourselves. And it's kind of like, you know, um, coasting or, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, kind of a certain type of not complacency, like a conscious complacency, like, oh, I'm just gonna, yeah, whatever. But it's like a certain type of complacency because we may not even realize what depth of experience is available to us if we just turn up the heat a bit yeah um i mean that comes by you know like how did you get that i don't think i have that but i'm yeah but to have that that realization of what you're saying yeah some people don't even get to that realization realization it's not important yeah like you obviously find it important i find it i find it important as well yeah but it's like to get there is like another another thing but to Um, understand that that's an issue and yeah i think i think one of the ways that you understand that easily is through association of course when you when you're with someone that you see wow they're they're so deep and i'm so not then you realize there's a gulf of difference between us and how how do i come closer to what they're experiencing and their vision of the world and themselves Mm -hmm. and so then there's there's some like fire of inspiration to to want to know and um, I think that takes a certain humility. Humility. Yeah. To to understand that you know you know someone else has something that you I know don't have. I don't have or that I'd like to experience. Yeah. But now in in this day and age, every everyone's like, you know, everyone's about everyone's an expert. Everyone's an expert, and everyone's about like you know me. I'm I'm this way, and yeah. I'm complete, and I'm happy, and I'm good, and yeah. I don't need anything, or I don't need anyone. Yeah. To help me, you know. So I think in I think Krishna consciousness is going so like against that in the sense of like we are you know what Ayanna Prabhu said Kali Yuga creatures you know we're Kali Yuga creatures and we're you know type of lizard (laughs) that you know that we need we need association we need help and we need you know that and that's not something bad that's something good you know yeah our our disqualification is our you know qualification in one way yeah. Yeah, it just came to my mind um, th- that, um, you know, they say, like, if people have, like, an addiction or, you know, like, an alcohol addiction or whatever kind of, you can become addicted to so many things. Um, but the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Yeah, the 12-step thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think, yeah, so often we, we, we don't want to admit or we don't want to see that we have a problem, meaning I really need help. Yeah. And it's and it's a lot more urgent than I might want to admit mm. um, that I re- I really need to have a sense of urgency and and um, you know that this is actually vital to seek out this type of um, company and vit- vital to do these things like like reading like studying like we were talking about mm. um, I I know I I don't have that um, to the degree that I would like to I mean there's a there's a huge amount that's not 
I'm not feeling and I want to feel, you know, a certain an urgency. Yeah. Because uh, it's just, um, I see the years pass by and it's like, man, you know, it's very slow progress, if any progress. You know, yeah. And, and, um, and even, even, you know, progress, it can be even measured, like, do I even feel more humble? Like, maybe I don't even feel more humble. Maybe I think I'm more, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've learned stuff, and I know I know things. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the environment of this world, and especially the media, social media, um, encourages us to be kind of presenting a certain face to the world. Exactly. Um, and and that can be detrimental, mm-hmm. for sure. So I think, it's, I think it's vital to be with people who are you know, who have those values yeah. and, and or to put ourselves in situations where we're not in that familiar zone, like even just our comfort zone of our home and our life can induce us to be um, just kind of locked into that way of thinking. So a lot like over, over, you know, past 15 years or so, it's become pretty popular to do retreats of different kinds and, you know, amongst young people definitely popular to travel and do you know pilgrimages but sometimes the pilgrimage is also just kind of like also fun with your friends social Um, but I would say yeah we need to take advantage of those opportunities for transformation outside of our comfort zone as much as possible transformation is such a I've seen it a lot with um, some not a lot but with certain friends of mine Mm -hmm. you know they you know their certain way and in, you know they grow up as devotees but then they meet someone they meet a senior devotee a Vaishnav and mm. their life completely changes yeah. in an amazing way and you're like man what happened to you yeah. like what what like yeah and it was just I don't know I, I was inspired by yeah, this yeah. person and I changed this and I wanted to make this kind of commitments and what yeah. and, and uh, that's really inspiring to see it's and I magical. think and I urge you know all the young people listening to this you know the I'm like urging young people a lot today. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I guess because I'm a father now, so I feel like father, I feel fatherly father toward now. people. Like, yeah. Um, but we're old now. Let's see. Can just yeah, just yeah. But you know, if you're if you have a little bit of tinge of like attraction for Krishna consciousness, like go f- now. If you're really young and you don't have any responsibilities, like really try to go for it. Yeah. Live in the ashram. You know. Join a, or, you know what I always wanted to do was be a personal servant to a, um, to a sannyasi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, it's one of the biggest regrets, man. Like I, I, I totally wanted to do that. I still want to do that. Like I think about it, like we were with that, you know, sannyasi yesterday and it was like, man, I want to be, I want to be, you know, his servant was giving him medicine and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I want to do that. That sounds cool. Like, oh, I have to think about washing his clothes and stuff. Some people might think that's dumb, but I think it's cool. Yeah. I would well, love to like, do that. And then they tell you, and then like they, you know, they, you get kind of like into in part yeah. of their intimate life. They like tell you things and like. I've had so many friends that have been like personal servants to sannyasis yeah. and they they uh, I guess in some ways it's dangerous to be really close but if you if you have the right mood of servitude yeah. and like stuff like that I mean yeah. I guess I'm Tulsi's personal servant in some ways <laughs> but uh and she's also my personal servant in ways as well so it's a partnership but what's that I think the latter is more correct All right Anyway yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think your point was about grabbing those opportunities where you can and I would right, say yeah. I would say also, you know, to the young people of the world. Mm. Um I don't think you I don't think you'll miss out on anything by taking those opportunities. I think we're totally. So, many of us are so um I'm not saying be irresponsible, but we are definitely following this program that's dictated by society, Western society that, yes. you know, you do school and you do university and you do like whatever and get right into the workforce and then get into the workforce and then, you know, get married and then it's like locked in goal after goal. And, um, you know, when, when does the time come for, um, kind of excavating your spiritual self? When does that time come? When does the time come for excavating your spiritual self? That's a good quote. Does it does it does it come like, you know, on weekend on Sundays or like, you know, before you go to bed, quickly read something? Yeah, like it doesn't no. it doesn't it doesn't happen like that. And so we can be creative in the ways that we, you know, that we find time for that because everyone has their particular life circumstances and not everyone can just go join an ashram or things like that. But um, it's kind of like being, yeah, vigilant to, to grab the time that's available for that. Because yeah. really, if you think about it, like what else has more value? I mean, no, it's, it, I don't know. I even find I think I'm just really conscious of time at the moment and and for all you 20 or 20s people in your 20s listening it happens as you start getting older the next um, thing you know you'll be 30 33 like me yeah I used to watch I used to watch I, I've never been like watching tons of movies and things but I used to watch more TV and movies and stuff when I was younger mm -hmm. um, but I find lately like I still time to time watch a movie, but I find oh my gosh, John V. Harrison! <laughs> oh my god, you just said that. I'm gonna have to cut that out. We don't go to the cinema house. <laughs> um, but I find that every time after I watch it, I just have this feeling like, oh man, you know, that was like two hours of time. It was two hours of life, and was that? What did I get from that? Was it really that funny? Was it really that interesting? Did it really? Right. And I, I know that sounds kind of, yeah, to some people that might sound really boring or a dull kind of way to live but um i don't I feel bad about thinking in that way i'm trying to use that as an inspiration to to push me towards doing things that i i do feel wow that was a that was a great way to use my time yeah time is you know because and, and then even if you're not do, like we're so also bound once we come into that time of you know family life and children and partner there's so many things you have to do that you might not think is like your ultimate way to spend your time you know just totally your kids to the park and you have to sit there for ages and they're playing or i don't know i'm not a parent so i, I shouldn't say that but um we can also cultivate a certain type of mental discipline that mm. when i have time i don't just space out but i kind of direct my mind towards thoughts or contemplations that are going to be you know nourishing and uplifting um, that takes a lot of discipline so definitely yeah yeah i mean i see I see uh, my time when I when I remember like maybe ten years ago, like it was like I had all the time in the world to do anything. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know what to do with all the time I know, that I, I had. Know. <laughs> and now it's like 
I'm like grabbing for time to yeah. do like even the most like insignificant things that I want to do. Yeah. Like I'm just like, well, how am I gonna fit that in? And yeah. uh, you know, like it just gets more and more complicated. Yeah. Life gets more compli- complicated in a in, not in a bad way, but in just a natural way of if you want to follow the you know the grahasta life of you yeah. know kids and family yeah, yeah. and job and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's uh, to your point uh, of. Now, if you if young people don't try to follow that, if you don't have to, if you don't want to, uh, take time to do things that are important for your spiritual life and your internal progress. Um, yeah, like I remember Jadwe Tamar said something like to someone, uh, you know, if you can't be a brahmachari for a year, be for six months. If you can't do six months, do a month, not a month, a week, yeah. not a week or a day. And then it was like someone's like a day, Maharaj? and they're like, yeah. And you can look back on that day and say that was the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is about um, the the opportunity to experience something that changes your your perspective on life. Totally. And because most of us learn by experience, mm-hmm. for the most part, we can't just hear about it and then understand it. Usually, um, so you have to you have to. Yeah, you have to put yourself in that space. I mean, I can say, like, for instance, just kind of to go back to, like, a kirtan kind of example. When I... Um, I remember kirtans where I was present with, with Yamuna Devi uh, and, and others. And I, w- I was experiencing a, t- a kirtan experience that I had never had before. It was like the bar just got raised to a certain point, And I was like, whoa... This is what kirtan is like. Mm. Whoa, and it was like completely, um, c- you know, compelling and captivating, and 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 then from that time onwards, the bar was there, and I was like, I wanted the bar to be there always, and yeah. so everything else, many other things, just felt like, meh, not really that interested anymore, you know. Right. So so to 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 have those opportunities to raise the bar or. Um, you know, expand your, um, expand the, the, the limit of your experience is priceless. There's nothing that's more precious than that. It's true. It's true. There's no, I mean, the experiences I've had before I got married and before I really got into my grahasa life or just like, I just look back on them and I remember them and it kind of keeps me going in my life of my spiritual life. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, anyway, what's the what's the other topics? <laughs> well, what's the time like? I don't think my alarm went off. It's ten minutes left on my my clock. Oh, ten minutes. It's okay. Midday. What other things do we want to discuss? Well, we were going to talk about um, kirtan, kind of in the modern day, and some people were talking about that. You just kind of modern the modern picture. I don't remember what we how much we touched on that last time modern day what do you versus, mean versus versus you know how things used to be or oh okay traditional culture <laughs> i saw something funny i think it was a meme or something someone was like i remember do you guys remember when when kirtan had no talking in between <laughs> isn't that funny wait talking in between remember a like- kirtan didn't have anyone talking it was just kirtan like you know when people now people are like uh again Oh right! Louder, right. <laughs> with your heart. Right. 
Like, remember, like, remember when Kirtan didn't have that? It was yeah, just yeah, a yeah. Kirtan. Like, I remember that as a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, no one said anything. It was just like, the Kirtan starts, and then the Kirtan ends. There's right, no talking right, right. in between. I thought it was so funny. It's so funny. I mean, it helps to, it helps to, you know, if for new people and things to help them guide their meditation and stuff. But, like, when it's, like, a bunch, if it's, like, all, like, experienced devotees and people start talking, I'm just like, don't, just come on, let's do it. Like, you don't need to. Yeah. I'm opinionated. (laughs) Deal with it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, culture, you know, culture evolves and changes over the years that's how it always has been and 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 will be i'm sure but the if there's something that's an essence to be retained you would hope that the changes don't don't change the essence of what's being um delivered um but meaning for uh, like so the topic so you're talking about Kirtan, from from back then till till now yeah so something's in terms retained of, right yeah i mean with anything cultural, you know. Yes. Um, but but kirtan is a is a culture. It's an art form. It's a devotional um, experience and, a, and an art mm. and a seva. And uh, but it's, yeah, certainly like the landscape has changed a lot. Mm. Even yeah, for for people that have grown up in the movement, I I often think about this that there's like also um, there's like um, what would you say? It's like you know like. Uh, rock like when you have a cross section of rock i mm. always remember like learning in geography like yes. different layers of rock and it's like where wherever you first um started in your experience of kirtan yeah you have a different outlook on like oh, totally. what it is now and what it used to be and yes and of so course. and so there's you know one thing is like people that grew up in the movement like we remember we remember the way that you know harinam was and the way that temple kirtan was oh yeah everyone's standing up like there's no question that we're all like Sit sitting down, down yeah but then like say you've come into the you know the company of devotees maybe just 10 years ago, 15 years ago, mm. your experience will be quite different. And yeah. you might not see that, like, oh, this has changed so much. It's like, no, no, this is how it is. Like, right. this is how it's meant to be. Right. And so that's how things change. And mm. so um, for those people who feel like there is something important to be carried through, that becomes like a responsibility. Like, okay, let's keep this tradition. Let's hand it on. Otherwise, it, do- it does disappear. Yeah. So. I... I, I I re- remember the Murdunga playing being a lot different. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, there was one. Pet peeves. Really? Or the pet peeve is that people now call it like old school, like old school beats and old school. Yes. And I get annoyed because I, I feel that, I mean, of course it has to be classified in some way. Yeah. But language creates, like, language creates meaning of perception language shapes the world by, by what we say mm. so i feel like people saying it's old school old school old school i feel like that makes it something of the past right and that it's not relevant to now but yeah. that way of playing is like amazingly joyful i want to bring it back like, i want to bring it back i want to i want to just like bring back all those old beats I mean, the I, old school beats yeah i often uh, when i'm leading kirtan i often say old school old school you know right, i right. hate saying old school but unless i say that they don't know what i'm talking about yeah like new murdanga players these days don't even know that beat those beats oh my god i could play that for hours i know so good so good i I mean i don't it's not that i don't like the way that muranga is played now 
in the sense that I appreciate the artistry and you know the ability that people have. Yeah. But I think um, there's a lot that's like that's not even yeah hasn't really been um, experienced by a lot of younger players, and so there's a certain like groove, or it's like a it's like a rasa of it's like kirtan rus, you know. Yeah, like, it's like it's like you're churning. Yeah. Like like I remember a kirtan where it go, would go for hours, and you're just the same tempo of that that yeah. old beat, and yeah. and you're just like get you're just getting they're just everyone's getting into the holy name, and it's just like such a and it's nothing to do with rhythmic complexity. No. Or, or breakdowns, you know. People no, who are no. Watching, who know about kirtan modern kirtan culture in Iskon, like yeah. breakdowns. Breakdown, yeah. It it really. I have no taste for it, really. I mean, yeah. it, I'll do it time to time, things like that. But I don't really have a taste for it because for me, that's not—it's not compelling. Whereas that experience, it's mystical to be in a kirtan when you're like, man, we've been chanting this, we've been singing the same thing for like two hours now, and yeah. the beat hasn't really changed that much. But yeah. I feel like increasing joy and bliss, you know, throughout my body, and I'm just feeling. So that's like it's not it's not something material. It's, it's no. It's a, it's I think a, a lot of people miss experience. that. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm this. I'm 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 actually I, I know actually what's the real thing and this and that. And no. You guys are missing that. But like for example, like a few you know a few months back, Thursday night kirtan in the Bhakti Center, Jai Dwaita Maharaj came, and so and they were like, Marge, would you like to sing? And 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 I was just like, I honestly was like, oh, I've never really heard Maharaj sing a kirtan before, but okay let's let's hear it you know and he sang the regular propod tune and ananta was playing madanga and um and they went into that beat that beat and he he just sang the maha mantra like by just like that and people were going nuts like literally people were jumping and like going completely berserk and i was and me i was looking at ananta and we're like what is going on and then we're just like this is what this is how Prabhupada like yeah. attracted all people to come because of his, his own Krishna consciousness. It just like, you know, was you know spread to the to the people listening yeah. and everything, yeah. and uh, that's powerful. Yeah, it's, it's not about it's not about complicated melodies and beats and things like that. Although things those things that, are very nice, but and that doesn't mean that they're not not valuable and not to be used. Like I think we also can have this create this polarity like. Oh, it's not about complicated melodies, and therefore that means if you're singing a complicated melody, you're obviously just doing it for attention. And yeah, you're and you're not like, advanced. You're at not all. advanced enough to yeah, sing exactly. a simple tune or the simple beat. Yeah, it's not about that. Yes, it's it's like the experience and understanding that that kirtan is something spiritual and transcendental and independent to the perception of like oh if i do this like that then that will make people go wild like yeah you may even do something and people will go wild but they're not going wild necessarily because of devotional feeling it's a sentimental wave and it's a it's yeah. a rhythm and it's like oh I, the rhythm makes me want to dance you know yeah it's, it's it's difficult because it's it's so it's so subtle the difference between one thing and another and you have to be very um reflective and sensitive and introspective to be able to d- distinguish the difference because mm. a room full of people jumping up and down because of you know devotion and because of the beat mm. could appear exactly the same but it's the, there is a tangible quality which will be different which, yeah. which should be quite clear the more we cultivate our sensitivity to these things as a, being a, like a kirtan 
kirtania yourself and going out and doing kirtan and stuff do you really consciously like think about your own spiritual life like your own internal you know sadhana and things like that like how important is that to you not you know now that you're really out there you know doing yeah. that is like a super important thing right yeah yeah it is super important i mean um it's one of the reasons why uh it's not that i not that i felt a pressure to it's something that i wanted to do very much but uh, two years ago i took formal initiation mm-hmm. um i wanted to I wanted to um, very intentionally be um, committed to a life of sadhana mm. and spiritual, um, you know, dedication, um, because I, f- I think it's it is extremely important when, not just because of leading kirtan, but doing anything, trying to do anything as a service, and especially if you're trying to lead people in some way, mm. by dint of that, you know, being given a position of leadership. It's your responsibility to do the, you know, behind the closed door, what, whatever you do. <laughs> it's an hour. All right, we can continue a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's extremely important. I mean, like I say, honestly, I, I don't feel at all satisfied with um, my own practice. I, I think right. I'm, I think I'm doing what I would consider like the bare minimum, <clears throat> and I, I want to be doing much more yeah um and it's something i'm trying to work towards in small steps because yeah i'm i'm as flawed as they come as every as as like so many others um and but i but i i think i mentioned this on the last podcast and it's something that yamuna devi said to me that when you lead kirtan um there's an invisible person sitting down there with you to lead kirtan and that person won't will will not be seen but that person will be felt by everyone and mm. that person is you at every other minute of your life of everything else that you're doing oh wow and, Interesting. and so and so she was making the point that everything you do at every other time is impacting the experience that you're able to um serve in helping to manifest for others you yeah. know, leading kirtan so i really i really did take that to heart and um you know i'm yeah, like I say, a very flawed person, but I, I try to remember that in all circumstances. Yeah. Um, meaning that I, I remember that that's a, it's a responsibility that I hold. Yes. You know, when anything co- arises, you know, do I do this or do I do that? I try to take that into account. Mm. Um, because, yeah, you're... I mean, ultimately, if we're not doing it in a genuine way, why do anything? Like, why... If we don't want the real thing, what what's the point, you know? And so we should be trying for that at least in a sincere way, even if it's even if it's um, you know just full of holes. Like I always think of that, full of holes like a Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always think of that. It's just full of holes all the time, but still there's a sincere effort. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's like just enjoy life and you know whatever. Mm. Enjoy life. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's a foreign Maybe concept. I should do that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's good. Um, we didn't talk about Kirtan that much, but we'll have to do another episode. Maybe. Yeah, we could do another episode. Um, let's see what we can end off with. I mean, um, I think, I think, yeah, w- w- one of the things that I think people are very interested in, in Kirtan and because it's something that 
it's kind of the it's the core practice of the Hare Krishna movement. It's what we're known for. It's what we um, all agree on. Yeah. It's uh, like maybe the one thing we all agree on yeah. and feel like is you know extremely important. It's it's um yeah it's the yuga dharma and so naturally we feel concerned about how it's performed and how we share it with the world and i think um you know for as much as i might say um i appreciate you know these old old school things and traditional you know i i i i think there's there's a there's a very wide spectrum of ways that we can um share kirtan with the world yeah. and i'm definitely a believer that we should um engage with all the ways that are possible you know or all the ways that are within our own abilities so like mm. people know people might have heard like seen some videos on youtube that of songs and things that i've done like most recently we did this hari om hari, hari om tat sat mm-hmm. um and it had a verse from the bhagavatam in that song but we did it in a way that was you know to our artistic sense kind of um, something that could be popular for people to listen to, something mm. to have on in the background when you yeah. meditate, things like that. Right. And um, I think that that's um, maybe not, I wouldn't say just as important, but it's it's pretty important to do those type of things as well as the way that we're cultivating kirtan within our own communities and spaces. All, all of it is important. Yes. And so um, I think uh, I'm, I'm definitely inspired to to talk about and you know envision the way that we can go forward and really um, kind of appreciate these gifts that we have, share them with others, and, mm. and, and go deeper into them ourselves. I think you should do a live Kirtan album. <laughs> because because we all know that the best live Kirtan album was by Vyasaki Prabhu. Remember the Kirtan yeah. Russ? Yeah, what is oh, it called? Man. Kirtan Russ? I think it's called Kirtan yeah. Russ. And then there was another one at the Manor. They did another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so good. Um, yeah, you've been saying that to me for a while. And other people say that to me too. Really? Yeah. Um, Raghunath is another person that says that to me. Raghunath. Like you mic everything, like you mic the audience and yeah. you tell people like, hey, come to the Bhakti Center at this time and yeah. there'll be like a recording of a live kirtan. Yeah. You have tons of people. Then you have people like in the crowd, like a loud crowd singing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason, well, one one place that that's really getting done is Radhadesh for the kirtan festival. They're making live recordings like that that are, you know, recorded. That's true. They're very nice. Those are very nice. But if I'm talking about if you're like an artist who has an album, like a, yeah. an actual album, like you have your right. album that you're recording in a studio, right. like to come out with a live thing yeah. is also really cool. Yeah, a lot of people have, have, have said that to me. Like it's different when you sing live than your recorded things. Yes, And yes. they want to hear more of that, but in yeah. a well-recorded way. Definitely. And um, um, if anyone listening or watching wants to help me with that... <laughs> I mean, totally. I'm, I'm totally open to it, but um, you so know, listen, this will do. I'll play Murdanga, and you guys can all sing. How about and everything. it's a Murdanga album by Namras, <laughs> live Murdanga album with background vocal accompaniment by Jennifer Harrison. That'll be funny. Um, no, no, I'm I'm definitely up for it, and in some ways, I I I, I like that more in a way because there's an experience, there's like a a connection that happens in the moment with Kirtan that it's. It's very difficult to replicate on, in recording 
if not impossible. Yeah. You can get close. Like with the album that I did, the first track, this Riksha Vali, yeah. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Many people don't know that most of that was recorded all separate things and yes. even the hand claps are yeah. fake. Yeah. You know, and I, I told a few people that they were like, What? <laughs> really? They were imagining us all in the same, same. space yes. doing it. And so sorry if I just burst your bubble. Um, <laughs> But that was, and that was, you know, partially because of the, you know, the pr production, you know, guidance of, of Gauravani, who has a lot of experience of creating that sound yeah. in the studio, but it's very difficult to do. And, um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. I think, um, I think that everyone should be recording more. How much does it cost to, to produce an album? I don't depends, know anything about it. Depends what you are trying to produce and in what way. Yeah. So these days, more and more people um, don't record in recording studios because it is expensive. And there's, if you get good equipment and a space, there's so much you can do without that. Yeah. But if you're paying for a recording studio, um, it could be you know anywhere between um, three hundred to four hundred dollars or pounds per day, per day in the studio, and and you actually end up needing quite many days if you're creating I'm not talking necessarily about a kirtan like just kind of sit down and play the harmonium but if you're trying to create something artistic yes if you haven't worked everything out before you go into the studio it can take quite a lot of yeah, time yeah. so the album that I made before I think it cost about 15,000 but that was we also bought some equipment we we um dang 15,000 yeah <laughs> oh man yeah but we also it was my first time doing it and there were some things we definitely could have done in a more cost-effective way which yeah. I just I hadn't had the experience before but yeah that was that was made possible because of crowdfunding for, for the most part wow. we had a huge uh, part partly was from Montrology the record label and partly from crowdfunding and that way we made it possible but actually you can do things um even with with less just depends all right so crowdfunding for namras's murdanga album yes with accompaniment by john v harrison yeah you know actually maybe a nice closing thought i just yes. want to say um about this point of crowdfunding and this is an interesting point for everyone i mean anyone that knows me well people that don't know me well might not really know much about why i'm motivated to do certain things that's understandable but yeah um yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really into the whole um, fame thing necessarily, but I definitely see that it, it's an, it's an amazing um, platform from which to share things, mm -hmm. and you kind of have to get into it if you're going to do that. Yes. Um, so recording things well and everything, it, it costs money. Doing these things, everything costs money, and I would just say um, one nice kind of meditation people can have um, going into this new year is. And this is kind of touching on something that Gorbani was talking about in your last episode about how am I spending my, you know, independent finances, whatever I have that's a little extra to support things that I believe in mm. and I care about. And so one one thing just to be conscious of is that I think, um, you know, art, culture, these things generally, even in the secular world, are grossly underfunded and undersupported. That's why they have to have all these different grants and government support and things. So within the devotional community, it tends to be the same thing. Um, so many artists or artistic people have to just survive by just doing other things because yeah. art doesn't really make money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in this coming year, think about 
how if there's something because we all are inspired by music and art and these things but we may not have an awareness of what it takes to actually create those things so if there's someone that's you know an artist or a musician or somebody that you know um, if, if they're not asking for it you could even inquire from them you know how could I support you or what yes. can I offer to a project that you're doing and if we're all doing this in small ways amazing things can 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 take place I believe and that those those creations those those devotional creative um, uh, output of any medium that really touches the heart and it can really change lives definitely okay cool so that's my spiel my political I mean, thank no. you, John B. Harrison. <laughs> thank you. Until next time. Yes. Um, so, guys, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again sometime. Bye. Bye.